0: Hello and welcome to How to Save the World. This is a podcast about sustainability and my name is Tim. I'm one of the hosts.
1: And I'm Waveney, I'm the other host.
0: And today we're talking about something quite um, interesting, potentially kind of big and anamorphous, but something really important and something that often we don't talk about as people. And that is how to be happy. Mm. Talking about happiness. And this is off the back of... um, Waveney and I were having a conversation recently about how messed up it is that um, such a default response to having a crappy day or when you're in a low mood at the moment you want to cheer yourself up is uh, you buy something and this is as a result of the culture that we've all grown up in in the last 40 or 50 years of sort of consumerism just running rampant and um, people expressing who they are, the individuality through the brands that they choose and being encouraged to lift their mood through purchases. Um,
1: Yeah, it's the new normal, isn't
0: it? It is. We've all sort of been brainwashed into thinking that that's how you make yourself happy um, through advertising. And the thing is, that's not such a, a, well, A, turns out it's not a fantastic (laughs) long-term approach to gaining happiness for yourself, but it's also really detrimental for the planet to just keep buying random stuff every time you want to cheer yourself up. So we thought that we would try and tackle um, a few suggestions on more sustainable, both from a human point of view and a planet point of view, how to be happy.
1: Mm, mm, Yeah, totally. And of course, it's really relevant as well. Neither of us are actually feeling that happy right now. (laughs) Not a lot of people
0: are feeling super stoked right now. Everyone's a little bit Tired and on edge and
1: Uncertain Things are uncertain And then even like You know this idea of being able to go and shop To be happy It's like we're now sort of wondering If it's even okay to get out into these public places And Mm. shop and we're sort of Either panic buying or trying to avoid the shops completely
0: Totally um, and we've also just uh, celebrated or observed World Happiness Day, yeah. which was on Friday. Yeah,
1: no, um, Saturday it was. Oh, Saturday. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the twentieth. It's um. Yeah, International World Happiness Day, one of those classics who knew things, um, doesn't seem to be a big thing, but it's a thing, um, with we'll, um, we'll, there's uh, links to, to International Day of Happiness on the show notes. Oh, and the other thing to mention while we are being topical is that this Saturday is Earth Hour.
0: Do I you, remember Earth Hour. I know.
1: It's kind of a bit old school now. It's but, been a,
0: been away for a while, hasn't it? Yeah,
1: it has, apparently. And it's back in full force. It's one of the biggest things that get actually celebrated in terms of the environment annually. Um, and, yeah, so, you don't the great thing about this is that it's really, uh, it's something you can do at home. It's something you can do in self-isolation. Just from 8.30 p.m. just for one hour, you try and power down everything. And... It's actually one of my favorite things is to have like just candles around and screens off. Yeah.
0: It's a really cool symbolic gesture of unity across the world that brings everyone together to just remember that, you know, the planet that we're on, um, we're not treating very well. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's a really cool act of solidarity to, in whatever way that you can. Mm. throw down and join mm. in on, on mm. Earth Day. Mm.
1: And there's, um, there's a website for New Zealanders too that are interested in what they can be doing. But of course, no no gatherings. And the other thing, sorry, it's all turning a bit newsy, but um, March, of course... Is the the month that I was trying to just wear six items of clothing? Yeah, it's it's sort of drawing well, getting near the end of March seems to be going on forever. The beginning of the March (laughs) (laughs) feels like it was two years ago. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, but um, yeah, I don't know. It turns out that it's easy. I don't really have much to say about it. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, and I've been enjoying it, and um, I think that some situations are easier than others for people. Um. We I, we had a woofer with us, um, which is one of the, um, a worker on organic farms, so it's a voluntary exchange, You, they work for food and rent, so um, we had a woofer, and of course woofers are usually international, um, we had them with us arriving, and then they needed to go into self-isolation, and then she started freaking out that she was not going to be able to get back home because the borders might close, mm-hmm. um, she lives in San Francisco, so We ended one thing led to the next and we ended up doing this emergency dash to the airport on Tuesday and last week and um, I knew that I was coming to Auckland for three days and so I could, I packed my bag in like 30 seconds. It was awesome. I just, I was like, (laughs) well, that's easy. It's just these six things and I was wearing half of them anyway. Yeah. So... Gosh, I was like, yeah, that, I would really have struggled to do that, and would have arrived here in Auckland without a basic thing I needed. But uh, so all I actually found, yeah, I actually found that really quite telling. And I thought, how much time have I been wasting in my yeah. life um, picking outfits? And you know, I also haven't had time to. Because remember how I counted up all the things, and I had seventy-seven items mm-hmm. that I could have picked from, and um, I realised oh, I just haven't had time to. Put them away. I thought it'd be quite nice to have just an empty wardrobe, but I, they're all still just sitting there, and that's they. i just kind of feeling a bit negative towards them now. I'm, I'm wanting. I actually am wanting to have a bit of a purge.
0: Cool. Yeah. I yeah. think that's a great outcome. Yeah. You said there wasn't it, a lot to report. I think that's an awesome thing to figure out about your wardrobe. Oh, it's
1: true, and and it links back into happiness. I think that's one of the bizarre, unintended consequences of us buying stuff and stuff being so cheap is that it does linger in our lives and pull us down a bit
0: totally and i've i i I don't know where i heard this from sounds like an oprah thing maybe but (laughs) (laughs) the fact that in terms of stuff that you own it doesn't just occupy a place in your house Mm. but occupies a place in your brain Mm. as well and things
1: you own end up owning you
0: exactly Mm. so if you can end up uh, if you can try and get rid of that clutter, that stuff that you don't need to own around you, you can you can find some incredible mental health benefits from that as well because you're not kind of lugging these objects around in your brain either.
1: I have a thing about these boxes I've been lugging around since mum and dad said you need to get rid of your crap from mm-hmm. childhood. And I... I, I kind of fantasize about them being destroyed accidentally, but, yeah. I, but every time I lift the lids to see if I can do it myself and just rehome stuff and get rid of stuff, I can't do it.
0: That's interesting, eh? Yeah. Anyway. Feeds very much into our our episode on psychology and happiness, I it think. It does,
1: eh? It does. I thought we could start maybe by looking at the foundations of human happiness.
0: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Got three hours, folks. <laughs>
1: Well, and and this is a weird thing, but um, by way to clarify what it is to be human, I thought if we just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I've got four species and I'm going to say, what makes this one happy? And I just want you to say the first thing that comes to your head. Okay. What makes dogs happy? Running. And people. Yep. They love their owners. What makes rabbits
0: happy? Food.
1: And security, I think they like being in their little burrows, yeah, what makes tigers happy, hunting, yeah, maybe, yeah, probably. the thing is that they're all very different, what makes humans happy people yes, oh my gosh, that's that's what i that's basically exactly how I thought this might go. It's like yeah. you just spit it out and that's it it's like that is the absolute foundation this isn't the Waveney Wharf version of the world this is what the social scientists and the researchers are, are telling us and it's what we know in our hearts is that we're a really social species and we thrive when we're closely connected to others so everything else is secondary and we can do you know a top 10 list of all these different things but and, and social connections are a hard thing to just go out and get yeah. Um. And so that's that's something I think to be mindful of. When we talk about this stuff is that we have a broader context for our our happiness or lack of happiness, and it's like how can we support each other to um, move into situations that are more happiness conducing I like that. Yeah. Um. How can we support?
0: <laughs> well, I think this flows back to what we how we sort of framed up this episode because it seems like. Western societies are structured in a way that isolates people and uh, and atomizes us and doesn't build community. It sort mm. of um, treats Again, us quite un- unintended
1: consequences, I think, too. Like, yeah. if we look at the freedoms that we have had in the last 50 years, um, the flip side to be able to travel anywhere at low cost or go anywhere is that we're choosing. We're making choices all the time. And so we some people... Uh, kind of the winners on that and other people are the losers. So it used to be that we didn't have a choice who we hung out with. You yeah. you were stuck in your little area and you regardless of how unfortunate your neighbor was or the local baker was or whatever that was that so you got and on we're with forced it. into these relationships. Whereas yeah. now we choose our relationships. And yeah. So we're just there's some people that um just are on the, the out of that. Yeah. And it's it's so that that's an unintended consequence of of technology and Mm -hmm. and positive things, all the things that we love um, about our lives, being able to, you know, if you look at your friend network, it's not your neighbours, is it?
0: That's the thing. Yeah, that's an interesting point. You don't, your friends are people who you were kind of, generally speaking, thrust into a situation with that you had no control over. They're people who you got put into a class with at school, who end up being your best mates that you carry through, or people that you work with, who you're like, Oh yeah, these are these are cool people. I'm gonna hang out with them outside of work hours or um you might join a hobby. But like there's if you well, the think about anyone who you meet, it's usually through a situation that you don't really control.
1: No, i well, yeah, I reckon that the my friends have been people that I have met through choices I've made.
0: What sort of choices?
1: Um where I what suburb I want to live in, who I want to flat with. Um Gotcha. What university I, sort of, I wanted to attend? Yeah, I more the mean fa- you know. Th-
0: so that's the choice you make, but you don't choose who the people are that occupy that suburb or university or workplace. No,
1: but it's a subset of the general population. True. Yeah, like, I, yeah. I haven't bumped into many people in my life that work in, say, forestry,
0: right? Logging, yeah, um, yeah,
1: factories. But um, there's so aside from the fact that we're the social species, this is uh, happiness as we know is a topic that gets gets very well researched and um, I've come up with a list of, that I've condensed of 10 things that the researchers say make all humans happy, this is this, go match that foundational stuff, so in addition to our social connection, um, shall I rattle through? Please. Yeah, so it's really interesting and the thing that struck me about this list actually is just how it's surprisingly uncommodified. Like it's not coffee and chocolate. It's like the first thing is caring for others. I don't. I don't think this is a list that's in order. Number ten is sex, so it's probably not. Or which order? Who knows? But so caring for each other, growing up. That's interesting. Growing eh? up, growing is up. One. Yeah, we get we get happier as we get older. Wow. Um, thinking positive, which is of course easier said than done, but. Um, Traits of thinking positive include being grateful and being optimistic and just really relishing how lucky you are. Mm -hmm. So, that I mean, that's that's those are, I think that is probably something that is a tool that we could harness if we were more mindful. Um, Exercise, nature, culture, uh, pets, volunteering, experiences, Uh, so, experiences over objects. It's experiences that make us happy, not things, Mm -hmm. typically, and sex.
0: Awesome. Yeah. That's a cool list. And uh, as one of my favorite comedians says, you know, sex is on the list. It's free fun, folks. (laughs) (laughs) It's free fun. Um, I I did sort of a slight deep dive on a couple of those just to ones that we kind of, well, exercise, for example, Mm. we get told all the time and we sort of know in our heart of hearts it's intrinsically true that exercise makes us happy. But I was like... I want to find the science that actually backs awesome.
1: that up. Cho- go, do tell.
0: Well, there was a paper written by Dr. Daniel M. Landers from Arizona State University, um, who is an expert on mental health, and he basically was drawing on meta-analyses. Um, it's, so meta-analysis in, um, in science literature is when you do a study of studies. So he's looking at an area which is the interaction of physical exercise and its effect on mental health. And um, as a researcher, you will look at all of the existing research already and draw on what the trends are from all of those findings. And meta-analysis is really useful because you've got such a huge sample size that you don't get big distortions in the data that can happen um, when you've got a one-off study that maybe has just a few people that you are testing on. Um, So it can really normalize results and you can have a lot more confidence in the results that come from a meta analysis. Yeah, that's really awesome. So his paper is called The Influence of Exercise on Mental Health and it was written ages ago. This is from January 1997. And I'll just rattle off a couple of things that are in there. Um, Top line, we now have the evidence to support the claim that exercise is related to positive mental health as indicated by relief in symptoms of depression and anxiety. So here are some um, features or, or benefits that uh, Dr Daniel Landers has, has found in his meta-analysis of the existing studies out there. Mental health benefits of physical activity reduced anxiety. Uh, The best results for that were with anaerobic exercise. Um, It was best after weeks of regular exercise. So when you Mm. first kick off, you might get some initial benefits, but you get real benefits if you stay with it for a few weeks. Um, Best benefits to those who uh, have low fitness to begin with. So that means that if you're currently really inactive, you might find a huge uptick in your mental health um, if you start engaging with physical exercise regularly. Uh, best benefits for those high in anxiety to begin with. So if you're quite a highly strung or stressed out person, um, this could be a really effective way to battle that. Uh, Reduce depression, very effective. Uh, oh, uh, when done several times a week, um, best with more vigorous exercise. So I guess that means if you really push yourself, challenge yourself physically, you'll get the best results. Um, very effective for those who are more depressed. So. There's definitely a theme the, coming through yeah, here, isn't there? Yeah. the kind of lower ebb that you're in, um, the more the benefit better. you can yeah. find uh, through physical exercise. Benefits, anxiety and depression, similar to those for other treatments. Um, so that means that physical exercise can be analogous uh, in its benefits to medication and therapy for some, not for all, but for some. Um, activity is associated with positive self-esteem. And that's really important because that's kind of part of a positive feedback loop Mm, um, to break you out of existing cycles. I've been reading a little bit in a slightly different context about um, obsessive-compulsive disorders and um, its relationship to addiction because they're quite similar in, in the brain, how those things work. And oh,
1: that's interesting.
0: Yeah, and it's all about trying to, because those things get really, it, what it is in the brain, my limited understanding is that it, you get trapped. You get really trapped in these loops, these negative mental loops. And you can think of it in terms of a language loop where you're constantly beating yourself up and you keep repeating the same negative unhelpful, unhealthy messaging over and over again. Or you could think of it in a neurophysical way where you are constantly strengthening certain pathways in Mm -hmm, your brain mm -hmm. and those pathways are not useful um, or healthy, but they get more and more strong because it becomes the path of less resistance. You're like, I'm unworthy, I'm ugly, I'm stupid, whatever. And you keep repeating those things and they get more and more ingrained. And things like exercise, in the context that I've been looking into it as psychedelic substances, um, can can help break those enforced loops that are happening all the time. Um, That's, and,
1: sorry, just to jump in there. That's yeah. um, quite powerful. Yeah. Because it feels like um, a lot of these things, if, if you're not feeling happy, and that can be like a longer term ebb or a... Even a day-to-day thing. It's that's the time when it's the hardest to start a new habit, isn't it? Yeah, it's like that is the it's you've got to be you've got to be on top of things to decide. I'm going to go for a run for the first time, totally, and and just to hear that and to hear yes, it's really really worth it, and to be able to, I guess. Just make a commitment, mind over matter, and have a real sense that this is really going to be worth it. Maybe in, if you give yourself three weeks. And, totally.
0: And yeah. in my experience, it's it, everything is just about starting. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you're doing, how much you do. Like, if you've got an exercise goal or something, it starts with you lacing up mm. your trainers mm. and getting out the door. And if you end up walking for six minutes to the lamppost and coming back in, you've done something. Yeah. And, and and then once
1: you and that's the point, isn't it? Once you are walking, you've
0: broken that. Then you go, oh,
1: I might as well keep going.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The last thing on the list from this meta-analysis is activity associated with restful sleep. Um, so that's a really useful one because again, that has a lot of flow-on effects.
1: So, meaning if you exercise, you're more likely to have a restful sleep. Correct. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a sense.
0: really strong correlation between those two things. And obviously, sleep actually feeds into a bit like it's another one of these. Positive feedback loops yeah. that can happen because there's a lot of physical health ramifications for getting restful sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, your immune system mm-hmm. is a lot yes, stronger. Yes, it's when we
1: do our healing, isn't it? In totally, a good, good sleep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
0: and your mental health increases. Uh, well, it, yeah, goes both ways. If you're not having good sleep, it can take a huge hit very easily. Mm-hmm. And if you're getting good sleep, it mm-hmm. can really mm-hmm. help to combat mm-hmm. that. So mm-hmm. exercise is how you get that good restful sleep.
1: Mm. And the other thing about exercise, it's not necessarily true, but um, it's it's very easily something you can do outside like it's often associated with being outside and yeah. that's another aspect um, quite, of, well, you of finding nature. happiness yeah. yeah yeah so so there's nature which is like the gold standard but even just being outside is is good it's yeah. really good um and
0: unless the guidelines have changed with the current stuff that's happening like being outside is actually all good and going for a run is um yeah is if you're feeling healthy at the moment a, a cool thing for you to do. Mm, mm. The big concern at the moment is about congregated groups inside of small, restricted spaces. But if you're outside going for a walk or going for a, a yeah, run, it's that's perfect. cool.
1: Um, I've got like a a random one. Um, and it's just around f- being mindful of what it is that really gives you happiness and stepping out of, um, like you're talking about these pathways where we just go down because they're easier. And um, one thing I did a few years ago when I wasn't feeling very happy was I made myself my own personal list of things that made me super happy. And this is not research backed, (laughs) but I'm pretty sure. You researched it it on yourself? It's research. I did. And I'm pretty sure it's, you know, a, a very good thing to do. It certainly worked for me. So I realized that I just wasn't experiencing on a day to day or even a week or even a month to month basis the things that I loved that really really made me happy I somehow had found myself in a life where I was separated from a lot of basic stuff that I loved mm-hmm. um which you can't just go out and buy and so anyway I wrote myself this list of things that make me super happy and I called it a five senses list because I just use it as a technique to really oh, nice. think through like you know Is it a particular meal that I like or a smell or a feel, a feeling? And so I just started to get a bit more aware of that stuff, wrote it all down. And then given that my pathways and patterns weren't steering me towards those things, I felt that I needed to take it an extra step and be really intentional about trying to get some of that stuff back into my life. Mm -hmm. So I put a standing meeting into my diary for like a Sunday afternoon and then I would – Plan for that time. Which one of these activities am I going to try and do? How am I to get it in my life? Cool. Yeah.
0: Do you want to share any? Well, I,
1: I, so actually, I um, lot, well, I didn't lose that list. I threw it away because when I moved to Rainbow Valley, um, which is just a an old permaculture farm up north, Matakana, um my life changed a lot and I I suddenly had all of these, I'm almost all of the things on the list because it's things for me like watching the stars at night or sitting around a campfire. Those are the sorts of things I really love. Well, that's
0: interesting, isn't it? Because I wonder if that's not accidental that you actually sat down, made the time, made the list, and then it just happened. Oh my
1: gosh, I never thought about that. That you wound up in this
0: context that fulfilled all So I thought, I'm
1: just, I just felt like it was just, I'll get rid of that list. But then but then, thinking about this episode and then thinking about that, I did actually sit down again and just come up with what's true for me now so I can read it out if yeah, you like. Yeah, yeah, I'd love Is that. Is there some random things on it? And and also I, I wasn't trying to edit out the things that weren't environmentally f- friendly. So you'll mm-hmm. hear some things on the list that you think, oh, well, that's got a bit of a carbon footprint. But it's just like – You can make those choices after you've written your list. And for me, and I think for most of us, because we really just want to connect or be in nature or whatever it is, it's like, so much of it's just so simple. Anyway, here's my list. Uh, Yeah, sitting around a campfire, playing with kids, patting a dog, looking at the stars, sitting in the sun, I love sitting in the sun, hanging out with big groups of friends, live music. Swinging makes me happy, like in the sense of in a hammock, (laughs) (laughs) Um, in a hammock or on a swing, climbing a tree, I love Um, sailing, I love Um, storms and lightning, Uh, being in the tropics, swimming in the tropics, spas, red wine, a plate with food that we grew. Playing Twister, <laughs> playing laser strike. Relates back to the swinging. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a swinger thing. No, no, no. Um, muscle in Antarctica makes me happy. Um, power cuts at night make me happy. With so we can get the candles out. Swooping native birds. Smell of vanilla. Traffic light drinks with those little paper umbrellas. Yeah. Um, Devonport folk music clubhouse. Bunker is the coolest place on earth. Uh, surprise Bear Gardens. I love that. You walk in somewhere and, oh, look, well, that's out back. Um, <laughs> cooking, dinner with house music, cranking, and flamingos.
0: I love it. Those None of those are that... not environmentally friendly by the sounds of it.
1: Well, getting to the tropics might have a bit of a footprint.
0: I guess that's true, unless you sail there, <laughs> yeah, which true. incorporates hey. another yeah, one yeah, of yeah. your Yeah, are through a storm.
1: Um, yeah, so... What a great life. I, I think just... And so, so, yeah, I would take that list and I would look at it and go, well, what can I do this Sunday? Yeah. You know, like, can I have a campfire? No, probably not. But could I find a dog to pet? Probably. Or, or climb a tree? Probably.
0: And it seems like the first step to this is actually just hitting pause for one moment and going, hold on, what actually does make me happy? Because mm. that's, that's the other thing about the lives that we're leading so much at the moment and why there's this weird Underlying phenomenon at the moment where people seem to be taking a breath while in self isolation in an enforced unemployment <gasps> yes! state, where people are yes. like, "Oh my god, thank thank God I can I just know. just like sleep in for yeah. a, you know half an hour more or just not have to worry about that." It thing highlights at work. our
1: freneticness,
0: absolutely, and I think that that will be something that we carry through this massive global tragedy, which could be um, a, a positive outcome about how we think about our lives. Is just a little bit more attention to that. Frenetic way that we've all been living, and how an enforced shutdown felt, and there was, um, there's a lot of fear, obviously and rightly so, about this, but a little bit of relief from the work thing. Yeah, I'm hearing that that from so many people,
1: and I feel it myself too. Yeah, just yeah, it's interesting. And all the things
0: on your list are like they're so they're simple and they're attainable. It might just
1: be me though,
0: (laughs) but I think so many people would have a similar. If you really think about the things that bring you joy in yeah. your life, they're not complicated or mm, expensive. Mm, mm. Um, and I think the but that makes them tricky is is it's just about being intentional about setting your time and going, well, I and, wanna sit in the sun and read a book for an hour. Yeah, yeah. And then
1: some of those things I mean, I could have also added on I love team sports, like bit of soccer, bit of volleyball and I have found all through my life it's so hard to connect. Like unless you're already in a Like or a school, or you're involved in a club of some sort. It's really hard to find a group of six other people that want to go and muck around with a ball with you on a Sunday afternoon. And so there's some things that that make us happy. That and that I think that's why we can fall into buying stuff because we can do that. Yes, it's like that. Is there's no barriers? Well, we
0: have geared everything to making that as easy as possible. Now you can be on your phone and buy.
1: Yeah, boys, you can't go and buy a soccer game with your mates. Yeah. And yeah. so it's like, well, I can't go to the mall. So it's like, how do we just, well, I think acknowledging that is really important. It's like, you these things as simple, but totally, we, we have to actually think through how we can solve some of them.
0: Well, I'm very into using the weapons of capitalism against itself. So these big things that we hate, like, well, that I hate, like Facebook and that, which are um, employing literal, like, you know, neuroscientists and stuff to find out how we can addict people more to a social network uh, website I mean...
1: Yeah, we're both seeing be, how hard it is going on, eh, to post. It's like, yeah, as soon as you're on there, there's this crazy platform that's distracting and you. Not and not for
0: nothing. They've got billions of dollars and they invest it into tricking you into staying on there. And it's such a waste of time and mental energy. Mm. But if you're a little bit more intentional and you take some agency yourself, you can use those things to connect with people in your community and arrange a soccer game that you want to do on the weekend mm. or, a, or a house party or whatever. Mm. And so it's just about... Like, I think intentionality is a big word that's been floating around in my head for a little while now and I'm not quite walking the path but I'm thinking a lot more about it Mm. because in the absence of being intentional at the moment, there's so many things which have had huge investment of of time and money and smart people to distract you and to take your attention and your time off of you Mm. and we need to like fight back against Mm, that. mm. Um, I did a little bit of research into one other aspect on your list and that's helping people. Oh, cool. From a science background, because this is something that I anecdotally myself have found um, is really consistently brings happiness and joy, is helping other people, working in the service of others. And if you read um, or, or just like listen to any kind of smart people who, I don't know, work as... Activists or historical figures that have been part of movements or what have you, so many of them um, talk about the joy, the the implicit mm. joy that comes from helping others and being part of something bigger than yourself and fighting on behalf of others who don't have the power to fight for themselves. And it doesn't have to be that grandiose or, or political whatsoever. Um, the simple act of volunteering uh, is a really good thing to do for your own happiness.
1: Would you go as far to recommend that someone volunteers and gets in that space, even if they couldn't think of anything worse? Like, you know, do you think it's Absolutely. something that could, yeah, could really?
0: Absolutely, because like the exercise, worst, the, really
1: similar to exercise. It's the, like bloody hard. The very, don't do it.
0: the very worst thing that's going to happen is you go, "This isn't for me," and that's fine. And it's actually really unlikely that that would happen. Hmm. Um, one that really surprised me it was uh last year I'd volunteered because I just found in my I, I started going on the Volunteer Auckland website. So there's actually some really great resources out there if you're in this headspace. Um where usually registered charities will put on roles that they need filled. And so there's a volunteers, Auckland, there's volunteers, Wellington. If you just Google it, the website will come up and you can see what expertise and time you have to offer to a particular thing. So I was doing some bucket collection for um, the Neurological Foundation and Red Cross and SPCA at supermarkets, which is really easy. You just roll out for a couple hours with a bib on. Um, But one that came up was uh, this this camp for teenagers, which was – uh, four days I think that was in their school holidays, and it was sort of a combination leadership camp and um, people who were struggling young young people who were struggling a bit at school, and there were a lot of pathways to get onto that camp so some parents paid for their kids to go, but there were a lot of scholarships as well for people who didn 't have the means to send mm-hmm, their kids. Mm-hmm. Um, And the age group was uh, like 11 would have been the youngest kids and up to 16 or maybe, Mm -hmm. yeah, I think 16 was the oldest. And I'd never done anything like that before. Um, But they had such a great system in place because they have been doing it for 20 years that they brought you through two days of really intensive training. And you formed this incredible bonded connection with the other people who were volunteering from – super different walks that of life so
1: cool so you just did that yeah You're just yeah. totally like cold calling you yeah. saw it online and yeah did just it. saw
0: it online and did it and there's opportunities out there all the time for that like those people are, are always looking for um, people to help out and I got so much out of that like it to the point where it was almost this, you know it could be viewed as a selfish thing to do because huh. I just got so much joy and pleasure out of mm. being part of that group and working with these young people and like seeing the incredible progress that they made over the four days like I got got so much out of it that even though it's quote unquote volunteering like it gave me so much benefit and i think that is often an underlooked thing about volunteering is that you get personally so much out of it Mm. um and the research backs that up so i found uh from a, a a doctor dr stephen g post phd uh he wrote a paper in june of 2014 called it's good to be good And he quotes um, some statistics about declining levels of happiness, um, particularly in some groups of Americans, off the back of uh, Gallup studies that they've been doing. So Gallup are a big polling organisation. So this is huge sample sizes that they're dealing with, and they're finding this trend of stagnation or declining happiness and they were comparing between 2008 when there was a global financial crisis in 2014 and they found that people were no happier mm. so you'd think happiness really would have bottomed out in the middle of a financial crisis but people were not happier six years later so in a survey of um four and a half thousand american adults 18 and older they found that 96 percent of volunteers report feeling happier as a result uh 68% agreed that volunteering has made them physically healthier. Hmm. 92% uh, agreed that it enriches my sense of purpose in life, which hmm. is a huge thing associated with happiness is having a purpose, having a reason to be around. 89% said that it's improved my sense of well-being. 73 said that it lowers my stress level. 96% said volunteering makes people happier. So these are huge, like massive majorities of people. Mm. Um, 77% said that that it improves my emotional health, and 78% said that it helps recovery from loss and disappointment, which Mm. is a really interesting stat. Mm. So it could be as simple as an unorganized form of volunteering, hanging your head over your neighbor's fence and just seeing if they need anything. If you want to make a meal for someone you know in your community, Um, needs one, texting someone who you know is having not such a great time at the moment. Giving blood is something that I've been doing for ages. I unfortunately had to stop when I um, cut down on animal products (laughs) because my iron levels went down. But like giving blood is so useful and really easy.
1: Mm. And can I also just add that you've got to have a certain level of – Well, put it this way, the people who are more likely to volunteer will be people who are more likely to think that they've got a contribution to make. So I guess just a shout out to those people who actually feel that they don't have a contribution or that no one would want them. It's just not true.
0: It really isn't. It isn't. It's like all in
1: your head. You're awesome.
0: Everyone has something to give and contribute to other people. At a minimum, you have blood. <laughs> <laughs> that can be your starting point See, there, baseline. There you
1: go. I knew there was something in it.
0: But, but you know, it sounds silly. But then again, you donating blood—literally just the thing that you is rolling around and in your body—will save yeah. li- like literally save lives. And not
1: everyone can donate blood. Either, not everyone actually. can. Yeah, yeah totally. And, and also, conservation volunteers they they're really nice, easy. Like if you're a bit worried about what sort of a contribution you might be able to make, or if you want something that's just like easy in, easy out, um, check out Conservation Volunteers, New Zealand. Awesome um, And then you just go do a tree planting day Or a little clean up or whatever All over New Zealand
0: Yeah That's great Do we have any other stuff we want to cover? Um,
1: Well The the old Make The old happiness tips thing Does make me a bit nervous Because it's like Well The old self-help books As we know They've got some really powerful tools But And yeah it's, it's Of course it's really likely I think some of the stuff We've been talking about Is that it, There are obtainable things We can do to make ourselves happier But I think we also need to look at our context because some of our contexts aren't as conducive to happiness as they could be. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would I would actually like to just I guess finish off by highlighting how. Being happy isn't just something that we can – isn't just something to do with our experiences or our situation it's, it's, or, or our choices or our attitudes. It's actually, to, or actually a big – and I don't know what the actual chunk is. I don't suppose anybody can know. But, you know, like in New Zealand, over 8% of New Zealanders in the last four weeks are likely to have experienced a high level of psychological distress. Wow. That's really high, That's eh? Huge. And so some of those people will be people we're actually talking to right now. Mm-hmm. And of course, we've got the highest teen suicide rate in the OECD mm-hmm. in New Zealand, um, as well as generally high suicide rates. Um, and also, arguably, because I've found research on either side of this, but happiness is quite tied to income and connection, definitely. Um, and it really depends what side of colonialism you fall on as well. Like it's these totally... big picture stuff, things that don't have quick fixes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's also um, you know large events obviously that what we've had unraveling on us in the last few weeks, um, the earthquakes in Christchurch, the mosque shootings, these are you know local things that affected us um, and to to talk about happiness again, it's just uh, I mean we could just be in bad situations even personally um, with loved ones or work or death. Um, so it could be that there's a time and a place as well for maybe this just isn't your time to totally. be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To be, it's maybe it's time to grieve or maybe it's time to be making some hard choices. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I, stepping it out a bit further, I, I, I'm not going to dig deep into this stuff, but I, I do think it's like if we're aware of things, we can. We've got more opportunity to make choices about what we want to step out of and um or step into and um so looking on a national level, um you know it's easier to be happy in Sweden than it is to be happy in Russia statistically and it's actually easier to be happier in New Zealand quite significantly than it is easier to be happy in Germany
0: Wow yeah so I would not have no anticipated it's, that. it's
1: it's interesting um that. You know, and if we can talk about all these wonderful things you can do to be happy, but that's one thing a Westerner talking about that versus, you know, trying to convince someone making your own clothes in a sweatshop Mm -hmm. somewhere that they should be happy. Mm -hmm. So, obviously, context is a huge thing. And then just taking it out, I feel like it's a, you know, a circle that's getting larger and larger as we sort of take it out because we've started with us and, and internal things and if I could just I guess finish off by talking really globally about the human population particularly in the West that we're getting more obese more lonely more depressed and more medicated these are all trends um and, and just on balance, um, you mentioned the Gallup report, um, but there's also the um, International Happiness Survey, an annual survey, which is also another huge survey. Um, I can put the links into that, um, showing that there are still really high levels of self-reported happiness. In fact, they are saying it's slowly on the creep up and that we all have a tendency to, under, to, to assume that other people aren't as happy as we are. So huh. yeah, so it's quite weird. It's it, such
0: an interesting, uh, yeah, fact.
1: yeah, it is and I uh, yeah I, but I guess um, whatever is going on statistically, there's definitely a benefit to unpacking what normal is, I think. yeah, do you get what I mean? Like like um, the collective things that we do or think that aren't perhaps conducive to happiness, but we don't even analyze them because we just think it's normal. Um, like, okay, so like materialism is a massive thing. This That desire to own things and that belief that owning it is going to make us happy, which we've kind of touched on already. Um, it's like, is that even true? And, and like we, I, there's something really human about what, whatever context we're in, striving to, to be in a better situation. Mm. Um, but... It's also a. It's also something that might or probably isn't helpful, and and I think it's something that we're pulled into more than we realise, um, and then part of that it, is, it is
0: sort of like a a wider sense of keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. Like wanting the the bigger house, the flashy yeah, car, the yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And it, it, part of that is this, this this context we're all in around growth being normal and change being normal and progress being normal. It's… um. If I, I, I to think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not into all of that or whatever. But if I look at my life and the way I live it, I, I'm so sucked into thinking about, I've kind of got my situation now and. Cr- constantly embedded in that as a little overlay of what it could be mm. if I could just do X, Y, Z, and, mm. and then what in five years' time I'll be great because I'll have this or that yeah. or do this or that or I'll be this or that. And it's like that is so normal in our context, but it's like if I go back a few generations, um, the fact that someone could have been born, grow up, have their kids or whatever and die all without really experiencing any shifts and they might just live in the same house. And not and not ever occur to them that they could renovate it mm. or walk into a room and go, oh, I could see how I could improve this room.
0: Yeah. And there's a balance to be struck there because we do have it in our power to improve our circumstances, which can bring happiness. But that relentless pursuit of... Improvement yes. for its own sake is, is yeah can be quite a um, well, I guess empty endeavour.
1: yeah yeah well, I guess none of the things I'm saying I'm sort of apply uh, uh, saying is are intrinsically bad i mm-hmm. just I just want to encourage people to become aware of totally. some of this background stuff that we just don't even ne- often think of as being there yeah we just think oh every, that's just normal we take it it's for normal granted. to change
0: I think that we've been conditioned to think like that a lot because of. We get trained from from birth from the news and from governments. Think about like G D P things like that. That everything's gotta constantly be growing. We've got to maintain three percent growth every year, forever. Mm. (laughs) Of economic growth. It's like, well, that doesn't seem (laughs) feasible uh, forever.
1: Yeah. And then the overlay of technology as well. Like that's shifting. We and we've just all that's all just been part of life and we just expect that to Mm. be different in five years or even a year's time. Um, so there's not much Stability in terms of, um, there's we don't have any expectation that the future is going to look similar to what it is now. Um, whereas, and again, not good or bad, but a few hundred years ago, or going back to the hunter gatherers, yeah, they had they were the opposite, they totally expected stability, and people just got more and more revered as they got older because they learned more and more stuff. Mm-hmm. Whereas, we have this opposite thing where the younger you are the more you know the more you understand stuff (laughs) and there's that sense of loss as you get older of going oh i'm getting a bit out of it or i'm getting a bit 32
0: i don't understand (laughs) what's going on with yeah technology and stuff or you would
1: have been an old man back in the hunter gatherer days Mm. yeah
0: so do we here's an idea to round off this episode do you want to pick like three things that you reckon people should focus on or maybe we could do two each that you really want to people to carry forward
1: No, I don't know. I don't have anything like that.
0: You had a list of 10 stellar recommendations at the top and another list of your own personal stuff.
1: Yeah. Um, What do I really think people should focus on? I like the two that you pulled out.
0: Physical exercise and volunteering?
1: Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I have... I just, it just feels like such dicey ground, the whole giving advice thing on okay I, I like the fact that I've thrown out a really broad range of things that people can sure pick from or or accept or just not
0: cool do you want to do you want to have a crack at a wrap up then because I just feel like it got a bit negative at the end? I'd like to bring it back. Yeah, up. yeah,
1: yeah, it has gotten a bit negative at the end um. So anyway, those are, I guess, more slow burners. Just thoughts to ponder, and um, yeah, if we bring it back to the happier part of the podcast, we were <laughs> actually dwelling on what it is that can genuinely make us happy. I really liked what you said, Tim, around um, caring caring for others and volunteering. Um, so because it's it's a time filler as well. It, it allows us that chance to connect with others instead of going to a mall. Um, totally yeah, any exercise Yeah You're a genius You know one thing That isn't on my list But I just thought was a random thing A friend sent me A snail mail letter A while ago And I was like What is this Thing <laughs> And I, I haven't done it Because of course You know A bit too frenetic But I think that's Pretty cool
0: Write a letter, yeah. Actually, just write a letter
1: and post it to someone. I
0: only get them for um wedding invitations and wedding thank yous now, and they're so nice to receive. I totally, Mm.
1: Mm. it's always so exciting, isn't it? Yeah, getting something
0: in the mail, yeah, (laughs) it's awesome. I love it.
1: So, don't worry about all that existential stuff,
0: (laughs) (laughs) just write a letter, yeah, just
1: go snail mail.
0: Uh, well, thank you for all the research that you did for this episode, Wave. Um, I think that was a really cool episode to do, and to just spend a bit of time talking about this stuff because I think it is critically important, but often overlooked because mm. there's always something bigger and more pressing going yeah, on. Yeah,
1: yeah, and in this space too, a eh? like um, people listening to this podcast probably a bit more tuned into impending ecological mm-hmm. issues, I guess you'd say in the future. So yeah, it's great to think about ways that we can. Just carry on with the mental health and, totally. and do those nice things for ourselves and for others. Be nice human, one. being human. We Our
0: will men. get back to regularly scheduled programming <laughs> in the next episode. Thanks for joining us. Um, please share this episode with people who you think might benefit from hearing it, which I reckon is everyone. Share it with everyone. everyone. And we'll catch you in the next episode of How to Save the World.
1: Ka kite.